some dangerous large uh, carnivore out there. Yeah, I saw that bird pick a young deer off the road and fly away. And uh, it was just about getting dark, and we started panicking, running down the bridge, not really having any clue of storing rocks in our vicinity, good-sized rocks. And uh, I stopped long enough to get a 357 out of my backpack and look back, and that's when I thought I saw one. Just, uh, 
you know, we did a little little hiking around, looked around, surveying and whatnot. And uh, it wasn't until, uh, I guess, you know, we we caught, called it early night, say around, I think we went to bed between like 10, 30, and 11. Uh, kind of early night for us, but we were both B from the, the week, and both tired. And um, Unfortunately for me, I didn't hear a whole lot. I woke up to some sort of vocal of some sort from something, and I couldn't tell you what it was. Uh, but Larry uh, had heard a lot of stuff going on, and he described it the next morning. You know, he said there were some good knocks, uh, some very primate-like sounds coming from uh, uh, around us, uh, not necessarily right on top of us, but in the general vicinity. And, uh, you know, th- that area up there is known for some of these, these things, but specifically the knocks and the you know rock clanking and stuff like that. And we, we did do some stuff up there to... You know, because I wanted to uh, entice something in. You know, we had seen uh, a nice buck up in this area, you know, and and some deer and stuff. And and so I wanted to kind of entice something in. And and I, I a, lot, a lot of times act like a real loud, happy go you know go get them camper. You know, I don't necessarily do Bigfoot vocals. I do just human vocals, uh, entice something in. You know, whether that played a part or not, I'm not sure. Uh, Larry did some uh, really cool duck vocalizations that uh, I was impressed with. Um, but anyways, uh, we didn't see anything, so I can't say what we had going on up there with Bigfoot. But it was just uh, with some of these vocals and stuff, and we're still going through the audio. we got loads of audio to go through, and some of it's pretty neat. But, you know, um, we also <laughs> the funny thing was we were up there, and we did the next morning we found this uh, campsite that had been it looked like it was abandoned. Uh, uh, there was a, a huge tarp, you know, a huge tarp. You know, we're talking like a $40, $50 tarp tied from tree to tree. We found a tent that was smashed down, a, a, a blow-up mattress, you know, for a tent that was deflated and outside the tent, some camping forks and stuff. And down the road we found some peel-out marks. And it was just weird to see all the stuff. We found socks there and some little bit of fishing gear. And it was just like somebody had... Uh, took off real quickly. Um, we didn't see any any scuffle marks or nothing. It's just weird that somebody would leave all that stuff there. Uh, you know, some of it, you know, the tent looked nice. Uh, it, it was missing its rib part of it, you know, the, the connectors, the rib part of it. And the stakes, there was a couple of stakes laying around. But that was rather odd. You know, either you have some people that encountered some horrible weather and just wanted to get the heck out of there, you got some people out there, you know, up to some nefarious affairs, just, you know, leaving their trash, even though some of it looked rather expensive trash. Or maybe possibly they were scared out there. I don't know. We were trying to come up with an answer. There was, you know, but there was nothing to really figure out from there uh, other than, no giant footprints. You know, no, no, the, the ground up there in this area, it, <laughs> yeah, uh, we were just below the snow line. It was wet, but it's your top about coniferous. You know, you got pine needles everywhere and stuff. It would be really hard to find any impression. Um, so we didn't, we, we did look, but we didn't, we didn't find anything. And we were camping right next to a, a stream up there. And so, uh, we'd look for impressions around the stream and the bed, the bed area around there, but with nothing, but overall it's a fun trip. It was pretty, uh, like I said, it got really cold. We had a nice fire going. We got really cold, but, uh, the, the camping experience overall was just fun. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the audio stuff is, is neat, but I don't, you know, we didn't see a, a Bigfoot, you know, make those sounds and whatnot, but the knocks and stuff that Larry had heard, and we're hoping it's on the recorders, we're still piling through it, 
and some of the more uh, primate-like sounds that he was hearing, uh, apparently, I hope it's on the audio, we we did get some neat things like some ooh, ooh, ah, ah, you know, what the heck that was. Didn't sound like a barn owl to me, but who knows, you know, we're, we'll go, you know, we're going to look, you know, we we start looking at it visually on the, the visual register and stuff, and it's just neat, you know, but uh, fun, fun weekend out. Great. Sounds like a good time. Sorry uh, I missed it, but, uh, yeah, that's uh, always fun to get out and and then have some interesting stuff happen. And then there's yeah, the, the long but, yeah. process, the long process mm-hmm. of uh, going through audio and stuff and, you know, like you said, looking <laughs> at it on, so. Yeah. Yeah, well, very... Uh, uh, time-consuming, but fun. <laughs> yes, it is. So a couple, um, I'll remind folks that uh, you can uh, pick up uh, Sasquatch Coffee at www.squatchcoffee.com. Um, time to or- order uh, gift baskets for Christmas, and uh, we've got free shipping through the month of December for gift baskets. So check that out. Um, I want to thank, we have a uh, uh, contest basically going on a membership drive on on our Facebook page, and I want to thank our members for uh, uh, pitching in and and uh, adding uh, new members like crazy, and including our guest today, Tyler Bounds, who uh, added I think like 120 uh, of his Bigfoot friends to the Monster X group. So thanks, Tyler, and. Uh, and it was it's so we just our our membership just crossed like sixty one hundred so uh, growing in leaps and bounds of I think we've added about uh, three thousand people in the last couple months so <laughs> so it's uh, been it's been fun to watch so appreciate everybody's support and uh, and uh, keep moving forward so and we're giving away Bigfoot uh, bling it. Different milestones. So I know that Bono Russell won our first Bigfoot plane, which was uh, Sasquatch Coffee, and then uh, Liz uh, won uh, a copy of the the Bigfoot edition of Newsweek. So, which I had the opportunity to go through it and uh, review it this weekend. Found interesting. So. Channel, do you, are you still there? I am still here. Are you still there? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hold on, just a sec. I got it. I'm going to bring our our guest on. I just need to determine uh, which which uh, number is is Tyler's. Yeah, we got quite a few uh, three six zero area codes in there. Well, hopefully, uh, we'll, ta- we'll just we'll just. Uh, Take a, we'll take a stab here. A stab in the dark. Hey, Tyler? Yes, sir. Oh, Mr. Man. Tyler Bounds. It is Tyler Bounds. <laughs> you know, I'm doing all right. It's been a uh, been a productive day doing chores around the house, Christmas lights, cleaning up the gutters, bottling beer, you know, boring stuff like that. <laughs> so... For Tyler, for for the people on Monster X that don't know who Tyler Bounds is, 
Wait, who doesn't know who Tyler Bounds is? What? There's no one out there that doesn't know who I am. Are you kidding me? I don't. don't. This Shane here, I I have no idea who you are. (laughs) Okay, for the for the uninitiated and and Shane. Uh, Yeah, my name is Tyler Bounds. Um, I live in the Great Pacific Northwest, uh, currently in Olympia, Washington. And uh, you know, I've been a Bigfoot nerd since I was. Man, since I was a little teeny tiny kid, and uh, uh, you know, went on a hike with my grandfather back in the day when I was four or five years old, and saw a couple something, and he cast those footprints, and we took him back to his ranch, and he put those footprints up against the other dozen or so footprints he already had. So, uh, so I was, you know, I was always interested um, in what that was. Uh, not really knowing that it wasn't supposed to exist. You know, I just thought it was another, you know, woodland critter. And, uh, you know, then I'd watch Six Million Dollar Man hang out with Sasquatch, and uh, they'd go fight crime together and throw <laughs> styrofoam boulders at the bad guys. And and uh, and my mom used to tell me that I would watch, you know, Land of Lost, which was my favorite show ever, still my favorite show ever. And uh, the little Chaka caveman guy, I would tell my mom that, you know, that's what I saw when I was with my grandpa, that I saw Chaka. And, you know, so that she would always remind me that I would say that. And, uh, you know, and that just led me to uh, investigating Bigfoot stuff, spending a lot of time in that section in the library, you know, the 001 section, you know, UFOs and unicorns and lake monsters and Bigfoots and ghosts and and uh, you know, and that just kind of blossomed into making me the weirdo I am today. And uh, <laughs> and you know, it continued that way until uh, 2008, I believe, or maybe it was 2007. And I went on a BFRO expedition, and the big, which is the Bigfoot Field Research, Researchers Organization. And I went on a uh, expedition. Thought it was the greatest thing ever. All these. Bigfoot experts out there that knew everything about Bigfoot and they could hit a tree and something up on the mountain, it would hit back. And, and I just thought, Oh my gosh, these, this is, uh, this is amazing. I'll, there's Bigfoots, you know, not behind every bush, but pretty much every other bush. And, and, uh, and then I, you know, started going more expeditions and then started leading expeditions and then became a BFRO member investigator, researcher, and, uh, you know, spent a lot of time in the woods in the Pacific Northwest, um, all over Washington and Oregon and Northern California and Idaho, and uh, just running all over the place, chasing every shadow, chasing every report, um, hanging out with a bunch of like-minded weirdos out in the woods. And, uh, and then that led to a, I got this little gig on a, television program called Finding Bigfoot that's on uh, some channel. I don't remember. It's like basic cable channel, I think. Um, and I did that for like five years and uh, traveled around the country with with uh, the cast members and the crew and basically did what I was doing in the Pacific Northwest uh, around the rest of the country. And, and uh, yeah, I did that for for uh, quite a while, since 2011 until this year, was my 
this is the uh, last time I worked on the show. And then uh, supposedly the show got canceled, but then lo and behold, it got picked up for another eight episodes or at least eight hours of quality television. And uh, so they're out filming right now. Actually, I think they just wrapped or they're doing one more before they break for Christmas um, or maybe two more. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not in that loop anymore, so don't really know. Don't really care. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's um, yeah, that's my story, and I'm sticking to most of it. <laughs> to most of it. Well, it sounds, Tyler. It sounds like you know your your grandfather played a huge role in getting you uh, on this journey. Uh, yep. And yeah, I mean, fantastic. I mean, did. did do you consider or did your grandfather consider himself a researcher or was he just like interested in the subject? I mean, he went to the, to the extent of casting tracks. I mean, that's pretty impressive, you know. I mean, we're talking, you know, when you were a kid and that's a while ago, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. Um well, he I mean, he had a ranch down in Southern Oregon, down in Ashland, Oregon, had this big 5,000-acre ranch. And uh my grandfather, he was a bit of a adventurer. Um, it was, uh, he was a gunsmith and a knifesmith, uh, made, you know, his own guns, uh, sold his own guns, that sort of thing. He, you know, was a very avid hunter and explorer, hiker, just kind of a all around badass, you know? And, uh, and I can imagine him being in Southern Oregon in the, late 60s when all that stuff was going on in Northern California, Bluff Creek, Willow Creek area, that he would take a keen interest in something like that. Um, so, you know, I didn't know anything about it at the time, but, you know, looking back on it, I think that, uh, I mean, he was probably running around those logging roads at the same time as, you know, Roger and Bob, um, Roger Patterson and Bob Gimlin, for everybody who doesn't know. Um, you know, and Renee DeHinden and John Green and you know, the the crews and yeah. you know, every other every other guy that was down there. I mean, I'm sure that if he got wind of it or he would read about it on the newspaper or, you know, maybe he read about it on the internet, you know, back in nineteen sixty five. And uh <laughs> Googled it. Sit, sitting in his uh on the ranch Googling. Um but yeah, it it totally you know, looking back on it and knowing what I know now, it totally does not surprise me that uh, that he would have an interest in that. And, you know, he passed away not long after that. I was, um, you know, I think, probably 10. So I never really got a chance to talk to him about that. But talking to my grandmother, his widow, and, you know, tell her, yeah, I'm working on a TV show about Bigfoot. Oh, Bigfoot. That old guy, is he still running around? Man, your grandpa used to go look for him. Oh, where at? Oh, I don't know. He would take off and he'd be gone forever. I can't believe you're still looking for that old guy. You know, he's been around forever. And, you know, then I try to school my grandmother, like, Grandma, there's more than one. And, oh, no, 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 no. You know, so so, uh, so apparently he, he did have an interest and he was, uh, you know, I, I don't know the extent. But, you know, it was just a hop, skip, and jump across the border and, you know, to get down into Humboldt and the Trinity Alps and Northern California and and uh, and all that, and, you know, Cave Junction, 
southern, southwestern yeah. Oregon and that whole area. So um, it totally doesn't surprise me that he would be into that. And he was probably down there locked and loaded with a horse full of, or a trailer full of horses, not a horse full of trailers. And, uh, you know, probably doing what, you know, he did on his ranch was ride around and, you know, blow away deer and, uh, and ground squirrels and, you know, anything else. And I mean, he had trophies, you know, he hunted bear, hunted elk, hunted deer, hunted cougars. And, uh, you know, he's definitely, that's where my, uh, definitely my love of venison, even though I'm a vegetarian these days, but man, uh, some good venison. And I, I pretty much, uh, repeal my vegetarian license for one meal and, uh, <laughs> deal, deal with the gastrointestinal aftermath later. But, uh, um, so yeah, it's, yeah, that, that's what lit spark and, uh, and, uh, you know, and now here I am, here I am today. So yeah, watch what yeah. you wish for, man. Watch what you wish for. Right. You know, uh, I was going to say, Ashlyn, you know, when I was first, I drove up from San Diego up to uh, Portland area up here originally, and I passed through Ashland, and I was impressed with the amount of wilderness down there and how close it was to, I mean, really northern California. But uh, yeah. your, your uh, you know, your grandfather, you know, how many people like this, you know, the original folk out there that were doing stuff like this that you'll never hear about? I mean, had I not bumped into you, Tyler, and know you, I never would have probably heard about uh, your grandfather's, uh, you know, history and story and stuff. And then I right. believe there's a lot more out there like that. That just took up an interest. But, you know, we're, we're in this day and age, you know, you got Facebook and all this online stuff and social media. Back then, you didn't have anything. Exactly. And so it really was just an interest of oneself to do this, you know. And that, to me, is just killer. And what a, what a killer, uh, you know, way to go to get interested in the subject for you uh, was to, you know, witness your, your grandfather doing this stuff and, and taking an interest in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it was just, it was complete luck of luck of the draw. I mean, we went down there for a family reunion and he, he was a boy scout leader. Um, you know, he was my dad's boy scout leader. My dad was my boy scout leader. You know, it was kind of a family thing. And, and, uh, but this was way before I was in scouts or anything, but we went down there and he was double booked, had to go on a hike somewhere. I don't even know where it was. Uh, I don't know if it was Northern California. I don't know if it was like around Cave Junction, Grants Pass, Crater Lake. I have you know, like I said, I was four, maybe five years old when I did this, just teeny tiny little kid. And, uh, and you know, had I not, had my parents not been like, Tyler, why don't you go with him? And yeah, okay. You know, I want to go hang out with the big scouts. Yeah. Cool. And, and, uh, you know, had that not happened, then, you know, who knows? I mean, that's just one of those kind of life changing, you know, those forks and like, you know, I could have gone any other direction and, you know, I could totally be, you know, I've concert pianist right now, you know, who knows? I have no idea, but that's, uh, um, but it is interesting that, yeah, how many people, how many other outdoorsmen, loggers, hunters, uh, you know, back in, in that time, you know, heard, heard about those reports, read about, you know, the stuff in the newspaper, um, 
and you know decided hey i'm going to go look for this you know i can find it you know if these you know dumb loggers aren't going to find it these dumb cowboys aren't going to find it i'm going to go find it and you know it probably happened hundreds hundreds of times you know people who just self-styled adventurers big game hunters you know i'm going to go get rich i'm going to go blow away this monkey and uh you know and you know to some extent it's kind of still the same today um just there's i guess probably more of us and less guns hopefully but uh you know it's mm-hmm. just uh kind of the different different generation and more information and and uh you know had it just been that one oh that old man you know had it just you know would have just been gone forever and uh you know then what would we all be doing you know there'd be no monster x there'd be no finding bigfoot mm-hmm. there'd be no yeah, I mean, it's just it's weird how things turn out. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy strange. Uh, you also mentioned Tyler, and I I know the backstory on this, but for those listening, they're going to ask. You know, your grandfather took these casts. Uh, wh- where did those casts end up? Did you ever locate them um, or or look for them? Uh, when when my grandfather passed away, we went down down to Southern Oregon and. And uh, you know, back to Ashlands, and got you know basically you know loading up some family things. My dad wanted some certain guns. He wanted my you know he wanted his dad's guns. You know the guns that he made for himself, not the ones that he you know sold. I mean there were hundreds and hundreds of guns in that basement, but my dad wanted you know like a certain four or five guns, um, some other things, and. All I wanted, all I could think about all the way down there was, I want those Bigfoot casts. I want those Bigfoot. So I remembered seeing them. I remembered afterwards seeing them. And, you know, I'd be running around, running around the ranch, you know, um, sticking my hand down every gopher hole trying to find a rattlesnake, which wasn't uh, too bright. But apparently I did get lucky a couple times. Um, Lucky as in not getting bit and lucky as in, Daddy, look what I have, and you know, fully live rattlesnake in my hands, and uh, so I guess, I guess that was my thing back in the day. But uh, when I went back down there, they weren't there. I looked all over the place. I asked my grandmother, and she's like, "Oh, they're out there somewhere. They're where they always have been." I'm like, "No, they aren't." And and I mean, I've been, you know, all over. <laughs> I looked all over that place, and even. I was just down there last August for, um, unfortunately, my grandmother's funeral, and I went back out to the ranch, and all the outbuildings are gone. The old ranch house is gone. It's all, you know, it all got torn down and raised, and, uh, but I was still, I mean, I would find, like, little bits of metal here and there, and, like, old bits of, I mean, pieces of whatever, and I'm like, man, if I could just find some chunks of plaster, <laughs> you know, yeah. and maybe I could get enough and, you know, with enough super glue, put something back together. And I mean, even, yeah, you know, 30 something years later, I'm still, still down there like, and maybe I'll just get lucky, you know, one last time out of the ranch and, uh, but, you know, no luck, but <laughs> I've definitely kicked myself many times for not, uh, you know, taking the opportunity and. I guess, you know, either asking my grandfather when he was still alive or asking my grandmother, like, hey, can, you know, those casts, can I have them? You know, because yeah. not really recognizing the importance.
importance of them at the time? Like, you know, you know, are they super rare, or does you no, know, or does everybody have a dozen Bigfoot footprint casts, you know, sitting around their house? I have, I have no idea. And, uh, but even, I mean, Cliff from the TV show and I have lamented several times. He's like, man, if you just had those footprint casts, you know, that would you know, that's a dozen more to add to the uh, to the database and to the collection and, you know, known footprints. And and even if we didn't know where they came from, when they were cast, it, you know, it still it still adds knowledge. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've uh, yeah, I've, I've I've been pretty sad about not picking those up when I had the chance. But yeah, you know, well, the, uh, the search for those yeah. those uh, casts sounds much like. Uh, the search for Bigfoot in general, where people have an initial sighting <laughs> and they yearn for another one but can't get one. You know, your search yeah. for these casts sounds so similar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, you know, or any other piece of evidence like, yeah, I have some hair. Oh, where's it at? Well, it's an envelope around here somewhere. Uh, you know, I'll I'll let you know when I find it. Like, oh, really? You know, okay. I just yeah. I drove an hour to get here, but, hey, that's all right. You know, whatever. <laughs> And uh, you've done a lot of traveling, obviously. Uh, I think your nickname is called the Wild Man, you know, but Tyler, <laughs> a.k.a. Wild Man Bounds, for, you know, for obvious reasons. You, you're a hiking fool, and you've done some really cool stuff and traveled all around the country. Uh, and, you know, being involved with the show Finding Bigfoot uh, has really um, sent you all over the place, and you've met a lot of interesting people. Um, oh, yeah. 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 What are you, what, you know, with the show Finding Bigfoot, you know, how how exactly did you get involved with that? I know you, you spoke a little bit about it, but um, what was your experience there, and how did you get involved with it exactly? Um, I got involved with it because uh, a couple years before before the show uh, happened, um, I was part of a group that was picked to uh, take take a gentleman out into the woods for a few days for a different TV show. Um, his name was Bob Saget. He's some comedian or actor or something. <laughs> um, I think I've heard so we went out in the woods with him for a few days, and the the production company that was working with him um, is the same production company that uh, finally picked up Finding Bigfoot. So that first season, we had some of the same camera guys, same producers that uh, were there when we were filming with Bob out on the Olympic Peninsula in Washington. And, you know, there's Cliff was there, Bobo was there, Matt Moneymaker, Derek Randalls, uh, you know, and several other, Paul Graves, Tommy Amarone, um, you know, all those, all the, the usual, the usual suspects. And I got invited myself and Matt Pruitt and uh, a few other people and, and, uh, you know, I, I didn't make it onto TV. I did some stuff, and they edited me out. And at the time, I was like, man, how how dare they? But, you know, now, years later, it's like, man, there's so much stuff that gets cut out. You know, now that I know kind of the ins and outs of the TV biz, it's, you know, I don't I don't really care. But, uh, so, yeah, that happened. And then um, there was a kind, of, a kind of a casting call for – Finding Bigfoot, and uh, I went and helped. Um, I went and filmed some stuff with this uh, this woman named Renee Holland, and she was going to be this skeptic 
scientist <laughs> and I was going to be the believer. And um, so we filmed some stuff, sent that out, and then they decided to change. Originally, it's going to be like eight people on the team, I think. And uh, so I sent my little video thing, and they said, like, you know, we're going to switch it up. We're going to cut it down. You know, thanks, but no thanks. But, hey, can you give us the information for that girl in your video? And I'm like, uh, yeah. And then Matt Moneymaker had met her before, um, and he was pushing for her. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, she's a she's a field biologist. She'd be a great addition to the show. She'd be, uh, you know, make a great punching bag for three guys to gang up on every episode. And, uh, and so that's, you know, lo and behold, uh, you know, Renee, Renee got on the show, and I didn't, not in that way. And, uh, thank, thank goodness, kind of, I'm, I'm, I, you know, the, it's amazing, it's amazing that they, you know, they get to do, we all get to do what we got to do on that show, but seeing the, the headaches and the trials and tribulations they have to go through and kind of be the, the, uh, puppets sometimes it's, I'm, sometimes I'm just like, man, I'm so glad I didn't get this gig. <laughs> <laughs> so glad uh you know the the money they make is nice and that that would be nice but at the same time you know i got to do pretty much the same things that they got to do without having to be on the beck and call of uh you know their their hollywood hollywood masters so so <clears throat> it all it all worked out for the best or worked out just fine you know i'm happy i got to travel and adventure and explore and experience and uh so yeah so yeah that's how uh or, well that's kind of how the show started and then um i was i was slated to work on an episode here in washington we were going to go to uh do an episode around silver star mountain with uh randy chase who took a photograph of something on top of silver star mountain and uh and you you guys know randy and probably a lot of other Randy's probably listening right now. Hey Randy. And uh <laughs> hey, but Randy. then I ended up yeah. I ended up uh kind of through a weird set of circumstances. I ended up in Georgia the same time that they were filming I think the second episode uh you know in a in a linear Boy, line crossing. the second episode they had gone to yeah exactly. Um they I think they had filmed in North Carolina or South Carolina so this was basically the Georgia episode was the second episode that was filmed, you know, not aired on TV because you know everything's filmed out of order. And but uh, so I ended up there and not. I just happened, you know, I went to go visit my buddy Matt Pruitt. He was working on that episode, <clears throat> and then I got involved. And hey, can I just hang out, you know, when you guys are filming? And they're like, who is this guy? You know, he's supposed to be on the Washington episode. Why is he in Georgia? What is he doing here? And I don't quite understand, but okay, yeah. So I would go tag along if they go film. I'd run around the woods, do my thing, and uh, um, at one point in time, I found some. They were investigating some footprints that a duck hunter found, and there was photographs. But by the time they got there, they had been ran over by motorcycles and horses and people and uh, what have you. But you know, I was running around doing my thing, you know, running through the woods and staying out of the camera and. You know, and, uh, and I found two footprints um, that were 
the same size as the footprints that were in the photographs as as per Cliff's um, investigation. You know, he figured out, oh, here's this same rock. This rock is this big by, you know, using science and math. And, uh, you know, I can figure out how big this footprint is and, you know, and they're this far apart. And I found two footprints off to the side a little bit further down the hill that were the same size and that were the same distance apart. So, you know, it was uh it was a crazy crazy thing. We had to totally change the whole the whole episode, which the producers were kinda of pissed about, like, No, we have Bobo slated to go eat, you know, five bratwursts in an hour. We don't have time. We have to we can't We're like, No, we have to I mean, Cliff was adamant, like, no, we have to cast these footprints. These are footprints. This is this is why we're out here. And they're like, fine, whatever, you know. We'll scratch the bratwurst eating contest, I guess. If, you know, <laughs> if we really have to look for Bigfoot stuff. And Cliff and I, everybody else left, and Cliff and I camped up there on that hillside until, I mean, for hours. I mean, it was way past dark. And we're like, we're not leaving him. I mean, they have to set. They have to, you know, they have to set before we can dig him out of the ground. We're not just going to pour them and walk away and hope they'll hope they'll be here tomorrow or the next day or whenever we get back up here. You know, you guys go do whatever. We're going to camp out here, and and uh, so it was it was a big deal. Um, it was a big deal for the show, and on the strength of that happening, that became the debut episode um, of Finding Bigfoot. Uh, you know, the because they actually found evidence. Um, you know, and it was and it was a great episode, and then. After that, it basically became Tyler Bounds. Tyler Bounds, go find his footprints. Tyler Bounds, go find us a squatch. Tyler Bounds. So I pretty much became the golden child after that. Like, Tyler, go find this stuff. Like, well, it doesn't quite happen like that. But, you know, hey, you guys are signing my paycheck. So, yes, I will go find footprints. I'll go find, you know, uh, that's what I'm here to do. So, uh, So after working, you know, we did the Silver Star episode and then, no, that was that was a short season. They got picked up for more seasons. And then they, my producer called me up and like, we want you, we want you to be a permanent crew member. Um, you're going to be the, the camping guy and the Bigfoot guy, and basically, you know, we're going to pay you to go travel around the country with, uh, with everybody and go camp for three days a week and go, you know, look for Bigfoot, set up audio recorders, set up trail cameras, go, you know, into the deeps. And without, you know, any camera guys around, no crew, no production, no Hollywood, just me and whoever I'm camping with. So it was pretty, pretty unique experience to be able to do that and, and that they would trust me to, you know, put a camera in my hand, trust me to go get the footage that they wanted and make good TV, which I have never made TV before. I don't even watch TV. So uh, which kind of kind of pissed them off. So I was kind of I had liberty to make the TV show that I would want to watch if I did want to watch TV. So um, and they liked what I did and kept bringing me back and bringing me back. And uh, you know, they here's a camera, here's your stuff, here's a car, here's the cast member you're going to camp with. Go see you in three days. And so it was pretty. It was a pretty awesome uh, experience pretty awesome opportunity and I mean basically the best job in the universe. Yeah. You 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 know I mean your 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 role I guess was labeled, you know, outdoor technician. But Tyler, I you know, I've been involved with a couple of the Finding Bigfoot shows and I've seen you at work and what you do. 
and you did freaking everything. I mean, you were all over the place. Uh, trying to pin you down or find you sometimes was impossible. Uh, you you did everything, uh, a little bit of everything. A lot of the technical stuff, no doubt, but you were out there yeah. um, days on end in the middle of nowhere, uh, be, you know, because yeah. you're good at that. Uh, you know, you just are. Yeah. You know, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And after, I mean, not knowing anything about the TV business, like season one, like you guys want what? What do you, what's this? What's that? You know, I'm, I'm a Bigfoot guy and I, you know, you basically hired me to set up tents and make sure that Bobo, you know, ties his shoes right. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, That's an and important amongst, job. It, it is almost as important as keeping his belt buckled as well, which is, <laughs> believe me, believe me, it's, uh, sometimes I'm underpaid, but, uh, um, you know, and, you know, at the beginning it was, yeah, you film for three days, and then sometimes they're like, okay, you're done, you know, sit in the hotel for the next four days. I'm like, no way, dude, no, I want to go out. You know, well, we're not going to pay you. I'm like, I don't care, but I don't want to sit in the hotel. When you guys are out looking for Bigfoots, you guys are out in the woods. You guys are out doing stuff at night. I want to go. I Don't leave me in the hotel. That's not – and then, you know, as soon as I would start doing something like help set up camera equipment, okay, well, we'll pay you for today. Sweet. You know, and that only went on for a few episodes until they're like, you know, we're just going to put you on salary, dude, because you're doing everything. You know, I ended up yeah. driving the U-Haul, this U-Haul from coast to coast. I mean, half a dozen times, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of miles in a stinking U-Haul. I'd be lucky if it had something besides AM radio and... You know, and as I learned more and did more and more seasons, I knew more technical stuff. Um, they'd bring me on as what they call a fixer, uh, which is basically like an assistant producer um, or associate producer kind of for each episode, especially if it's an area where I'm familiar with, you know, Pacific Northwest, basically. Um, you know, because I, you know, I, I knew places, I knew people, I knew sighting locations, I knew witnesses. Um, you know, and where to procure, oh, you need horses? Oh, you need four-wheelers? Oh, you need dune buggies? Yeah, I can, you know, I know I know people. I can make this happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, but then also as time went on, you know, I would, you know, I would pick up a lot of slack in other areas and yeah, go interview witnesses, go to city council meetings, you know, to, to state our case. And, you know, this is why we want a, a permit to film in your, private forest reserve and, and, uh, you know, and it worked <laughs> and <laughs> it always worked. And, uh, you know, and sometimes I'm, you know, they, they would call me lost in bounds on the TV show because <laughs> they would lose something. And Tyler moneymaker dropped a walkie talkie on top of the mountain somewhere last night. We need you to go find it. Well, where'd he drop it? I have no idea. Oh, sweet. Okay. But you know, I would go find it. And, hey, I found the walkie-talkie. Oh, sweet. Awesome. You know, you find footprints. You can find walkie-talkies. You can find witnesses. You can find, you know, this and that, you know, whatever. And uh, so, you know, that kind of became part of my role. And, you know, and then in addition to, like, we need you to go pick up the the catering order at such and such a time. We need you to go, you know, because when I wasn't camping, you know, that's 
you know, three days out of seven or eight days. And then, you know, then I'm basically just a production assistant and do whatever. And, you know, whatever it took, they'd send me up in an airplane or a helicopter with a camera and fly over herds of elk and, you know, get get the elk, go up in a tree with cliffs in the middle of nowhere and 100 feet up on a porta wedge with a camera and the therm. And, you know, so, you know, whatever, whatever had to happen. And a lot of times, Tyler, are you comfortable with doing this? I'm like, not really, but I'm going to do it anyways. And, you know, so it was, uh, it was always, you know, whether I'm up in the tops of trees, out in swamps, going down into caves, you know, it was, I was, uh, my producers, you know, would give me, <clears throat> give me a job and they know that, you know, with my kind of adventurous spirit, I'd take it on and, you know, do whatever I could and, and not complain about it. Right, right. Well, it uh, and I was like, gonna, you know, I want to backtrack a little bit. I remember um, I, I was involved, and you had contacted and asked a few people if they wanted to be involved with the show. It was uh, uh, Bigfoot against uh, VS, uh, or sorry, Oregon against Washington, basically episode. And we were oh, yeah. up in the Skookum area, and I was uh, I was probably in the back of the pack following you driving this U-Haul, and I could barely keep up. <laughs> I was like, this guy's a madman. <laughs> you were just starting. Um, but that was just a fond memory I have because I actually didn't make it to the site, and, and, and we all made it there safe and sound and everything and had a great time but and a good episode. Mm-hmm. But uh, that goes to speak of the wild man. You you were on a mission, and you uh, you followed through with it, and uh, <laughs> that, that was a fun time, let me tell you. Uh, that was. That was. Yeah, yeah that was. That was, uh, that was, that was, that was a blast. That was a great episode. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, uh, do you have speaking of great episodes? Do you have a particular episode or area that you really had a that stands out to you as you know the best time you ever had or the best evidence you've ever found out on while doing finding Bigfoot? Um, well, I mean, i've I've got to do I've got to do a lot of things on the show that are what I like to call the Bigfoot bucket list. Um, I mean, I've been out in Boggy Creek in a kayak with Renee, you know, for three days. I got to pitch my tent right on the same spot where, what's his name, uh, Smoky Crabtree, where his cabin was, where the bottle tree was, you know, from that movie that I watched a bajillion times when I was a little kid and Boggy Creek Monster. And, you know, and then years and years later, I'm, I'm there. I'm there in that spot, in that exact same spot, and... And like, wow, this is, wow, this is, this is my life. This is, this is my job. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, stuff like that, um, you know, going like the, the Mogollon Rim down in Arizona, you know, I'd always heard about the Mogollon Monster, uh, you know, going out, um, man, there's been, I mean, there's been so many, uh, so many great places that I've been with the show. Uh, you know, I've been out to, oh man, I'm going to, I'm going to space the guy's name out, but, uh, uh, Glenn, Glenn, the Glenn Thomas site down in Oregon where the big piles of rocks are up on the, oh, yeah. you know, the big, up, the big pit. Up towards and, Mount Hood. Yeah. And, you know, so going, going to places like that, um, you know, places I had only read about, uh, you know, in in books when I was a little kid or hearing about later on. And then, 
and then, you know, here, here's where you're going to go, Tyler. And, you know, this is what you're going to do. Like, sweet. And, oh, wow. And I'm getting paid to do this <laughs> bonus. And, uh, you know, and I've been, you know, all sorts of crazy places. Um, you know, some, some are better than others. Uh, you know, I can't vouch for, you know, I, I don't want to hurt any feelings out there, but, you know, Connecticut wasn't all that squatchy. Uh, you know, um, you know, but then I've been to other places, you know, Cliff and I would often, you know, cry on each other's shoulder. Like, you know, he and I got sent to Connecticut, you know, sent out in the woods, go camp in Connecticut for three days. Well, there's nowhere to go. There's no place. So we ended up having to go to Massachusetts and pretend that that was Connecticut. Um, (laughs) he and I got sent out in Rhode Island and like, you know, there's not, much there's you know we're around the Bridgewater Triangle which is kind of northwest Rhode Island and some weird things happen around there but you know you're still kind of limited space and uh you know and then other times I'd be you know sitting in the Sierras with Moneymaker and Matt Moneymaker and you know and all he wants to do is kind of hang out in the tent and smoke cigarettes and like dude we should go somewhere yeah no I don't there's there's no squatches here I I don't feel it and like what no so um but you know on other times you know cliff and i we got sent into the pine barrens of new jersey and we're both like eh, man you know you and always you know we always get the short end of the stick we get sent to these crappy places and i'll tell you what the pine barrens new jersey was probably the most wild crazy life filled i mean there was so much stuff everywhere there was so much there's beavers there's turtles there's frogs there's all these pine barren pine snakes that are super duper rare and birds and deer and i mean i've been i mean i've been to every state with the show i've been to every state except for north Der- north uh north dakota and maine and uh not hawaii you know uh, we have not Hawaii? been to Hawaii yet, but I'm sure Bobo probably has a pig roast luau plan for that episode. <laughs> um, but, uh, and, well, I mean, I've been to every, not always with the show. I mean, I've been to Alaska, but not with the show. And I've been to Nebraska, but not with the show. And, you know, just passing through or driving to U-Haul or whatever. But, uh, you know, I've been to, you know, Montana. I've been to... California, Louisiana, I've been crazy, I mean, places where you think, you know, wild and, and deep woods and, you know, You've been everywhere, remote man. areas. I've, I've been everywhere, and New Jersey was off the hook. It was, it was, it was crazy, and, you know, and this is just one little area, and then it's kind of a reminder, like, you know, there is, even where you think it's going to be kind of urban, you know, it's not that far from the city center, you know, we went up in the top of Fire Tower, and we could see all the way from Atlantic City to the south to the lights of New York to the north, and, I mean, lights of New York City, and we're like, but we're here, and there's there's bears. We found bear tracks. There's so much, so much stuff, and then, you know, it kind of reminds you, like, you know, this is a habitat where a lot of wildlife lives and exists and gets by just fine. And yeah, there could be a Bigfoot here or Jersey Devil or you know whatever you happen to you know be looking for. And uh, yeah, and you know so it's places like that you know where 
you realize you don't have to be way the heck out. You know, life, nature is going to just kind of keep on keeping on. You know, those those yeah. snakes and turtles and and deer don't care how close they are to New York City. They have no idea. So, um, but that, you know, that being said, uh, you know, and coming from the Pacific Northwest, um, you know, the East Coast. Every time I'd be on the East Coast, I was kind of just forlorn and depressed and like there's no mountains here there's no oh no we have mountains look over there you know see those i'm like those aren't mountains what what are you talking about those aren't mountains we have trees where i come from taller than those mountains that's not (laughs) even that's nothing and so it was always nice to cross the mississippi and head west and whether it was the rockies or the cascades you know and the appalachians i mean they have their own West Virginia was amazing. West Virginia was kind of blew my mind on how rugged and wild that was. But, and, you know, in like upstate New York in the Adirondacks, but, but there's nothing like the Rockies and especially nothing like the Cascades. And every time after being in the flatlands or the swamps or something, and then I get to lay eyes on the, you know, on a glacier capped volcano, it was, I mean, I would, I would cry sometimes there's times I'm flying home, you know, from being four months on the road and I look out my window and there's Mount Rainier and Mount St. Helens. I'm like, Oh yes. Greenery, you know, it can be the dead of winter, you know, in Kansas, the dead of winter is bleak and lame and just dead and windswept and boring. And then, you know, I come back home to Washington, like, yes, evergreens, mountains, ocean i mean it's just it it uh yeah. really makes you appreciate you know where where you're from and and uh coming back home and you know nothing against kansas whoever is out there listening from kansas uh you have <laughs> a, a lovely state i'm sure it looks great anytime besides december but uh but um you know any anytime i was in a mountainous zone you know be it montana or Idaho or Oregon. I mean, that's where I really felt uh, felt happiest, I guess. And you know, um, you know, and, and a lot of other, you know, upstate New York, Vermont. They, you know, every place I went has its own charms, I guess. And uh, but me being who I am, and you know, just my love for the mountains and topography and uh, actual elevation changes. So it, it it was nice to it's always nice to be back in the West and and uh you know in in the woods and the mountains and you know, I guess home. So uh I've yeah, I've been all I've been all sorts of places. It was really cool, but uh you know, my, my heart is still in the Pacific Northwest, so it was always nice to come home. So Tyler, what what was the most compelling evidence that you found while um, being part of the crew of Finding Bigfoot? Um, Well, there was the footprint, like I was saying before, that I found uh, in Georgia. And uh, Meldrum looked at those, and he he was not impressed. He actually said that they were a bear. And Cliff and I both looked at them and were like, those I don't think it's a bear because there there is a weird feature on the heel, I guess, um, 
could be a double, you know, it, it, it could be a, a double imprint, um, but I don't think so because each footprint was exactly the same, the same length. Um, they're the same stride. We have the other photos that don't look like bare footprints. And Cliff kind of demurs. He's like, you know, Meldrum is the, the footprint expert. And I'm like, yeah, but you you saw the footprints. I saw the footprints. We've both seen bear footprints. We've both seen human footprints. And he's like, yeah, but, you know, Meldrum. I'm like, well, yeah, Meldrum, okay. He has a PhD, big deal. Who cares? Who cares about his PhD? But, uh, but I mean, that, you know, and he's, I guess uh, Cliff has talked to him about it since then, and, and now Meldrum is a little more on the fence. Um, uh, Jeff Meldrum, for everybody who's out there who's listening and doesn't know what I'm talking about. But uh, um, there was that. Uh, you know, we found, I found, you know, we found interesting imprints you know, in the snow, uh, but, you know, nothing verified. We've, you know, heard crazy things, um, crazy things in the woods, have trees pushed over at uh, kind of suspicious times. You know, somebody puts out a vocalization a few seconds later, a tree falls, um, like, whoa, wow, you know, then we'll wait, and somebody, you know, somebody does another call, and then another tree falls, and it's like, okay, you know, that's, interesting <laughs> you know uh but you know as far as evidence i mean we've uh you know we've plucked hairs off of telephone poles that were 10 feet off the ground and apparently those got lost somewhere animal planet said that uh they got lost in route to the laboratory or something like that um but you know you see something like that like well how does hair get, you know, 10 feet up on a telephone pole. And this is where a witness saw a guy was scratching its back. Because these telephone poles have, like, chicken wire stuff wrapped around the bottoms of them for some reason. I'm not sure why. Maybe to keep I, – I have no idea. But uh, some witnesses saw a Bigfoot scratching its back, basically, on this uh, – tele- or not a telephone pole, but, like, a power pole. And uh, – you know, Bobo and I went out there and checked it out, and I actually had to sit on Bobo's shoulders <laughs> to be able to reach high enough. Uh, thank goodness there wasn't a camera running then um, <laughs> to be able to grab grab those hairs and you know pluck them and put them in a put them in a sack and you know get them back to get them back to the uh, home base and whatnot. Um, but as far as you know, evidence. Um, you know, it's all pretty circumstantial. I mean, I've heard crazy things, had had things happen, you know, clicks and clacks and knocks and, you know, faint vocals. And, you know, basically just like every other, you know, every other time you go out in the woods with, you know, whether it's by yourself, a group of three, a group of ten, you know, um, kind of the, kind of the same thing. And... You know, I I often thought that we would have as good a chance, if not better, you know, being myself and one other person, or even you know the the size of our camera crew isn't that big. There's only like 13 guys, 15 guys on the crew max, and when we go out in the woods at night, there's you know we break up into two teams, each you know two cast members, and then there's three or four people 
max with them, you know, and we're dark and we're quiet. It's not a bunch of lights. We're, you know, we do everything in the dark, you know, just like any expedition. It's, it's red lights. It's quiet. You know, we're, we're filming TV. You can't have a bunch of people talking and crashing around and breaking branches. It's, um, you know, it was, it was legit stuff that we did for the show on our night investigations. And, you know, we would, we had crazy, you know, some crazy things happen, but it doesn't always, doesn't always translate to film. You know, we all hear something and, you know, did you get it? I don't think the camera got it. No, it's, this camera isn't set up for that kind of audio. A lot of times I would have a parabolic dish out there following the guys around and I would walk away from them because they're all walking through dead leaves and, and doing stuff like that. And it's really, really annoying to have a parabolic and all you can hear is crunch, 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 crunch for hours on end. So I would like go away from, you know, the main group and, you know, more often than not, I would be somewhere else pointed in a different direction and then come back or get a call on the walkie talkie like, Tyler, did you hear that? No, wait, 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 you know, to the Northeast. Oh no, I was pointed. I was listening to the Southwest. I didn't, you know, it, you know, it's inevitable. You know, the, did you push the, you know, did you put batteries in the audio recorder? Of course. And, oh no, they're dead. Did you push the button? Of course. Oh, I guess I didn't push that button. I guess I didn't have the trail camera pointed the right direction. I mean, it's, you know, there's always an excuse, but we've all done it. I mean, you know, it's there's always technical difficulties. There's always, oh, I thought those batteries were good. I guess they weren't. Missed that. No, of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Of course. Of course. And, well, uh, Tyler, there, there was an episode, uh, I think it was back in two, in the early stages of, of the uh, Finding Bigfoot show, where you possibly hit something. Um, it was the Beast of Gump uh, Dole yeah. uh, episode. You talk a little bit about about that. Um, yeah, yeah, that was in uh, yeah, that was in Virginia. Um, uh, yeah, that was kind of a freaky night. Yeah. Okay, I'll take one. Um. Uh, yeah, I had uh, I had gone out. Um, I had I had gone out to go set up uh, bait stations out in the middle of nowhere, kind of Western Virginia. Um, and I was given, you know, <clears throat> I had like three trout, uh, two jars of peanut butter, six loaves of bread, three bags of apples, uh, four dozen donuts. I mean, I had all this, <laughs> all the, it was crazy. And my producer told me, make the biggest Bigfoot bait pile that you can't, I mean, no Bigfoot for miles is going to be able to resist this. Like, heck yeah, dude. So I went out and made this big, like, food m- mandala out in the woods. And it was beautiful with apples and bread and peanut butter and fish, beef liver and donuts. And yeah. and then, uh, and it was amazing. And it's like, it's one of those things that you, you know, you kind of want to do, like, on an expedition. Like, you know what we should do? We should just make a pile of food five feet tall. And... Like, yeah, well, we can't afford it. And then, uh, but, you know, of course, Animal Planet can't afford it. So I went out and I put all this powder, this tracking powder that they use, uh, like, forensically, you know. And then you shine a black light on it and you can, you know, see footprints. And the whole deal was the Bigfoot's going to come. It's going to take a bunch of its food. 
can't help but get the powder on his hands and his feet. It's going to walk away, and we're going to follow it, you know, with uh, with these black light flashlights. And, uh, and I was so proud of myself, and I took hours. And made it beautiful and perfect and amazing. And I came back, and I'm like, did you do it? I'm like, yeah, dude, look at these pictures. And then one of the other producers looked at it and was like, no, 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 no. You were supposed to set up, like, six or eight different bait stations we wanted Beef liver here, trout here, peanut butter there, bread here. And I'm like, no, that's not, but no, whatever. I'm on the bottom of the totem pole. So even the guy that told me to do that was like, that's not what I said. When that's definitely, you know, I sent him a picture. He's like, that looks amazing. You know, before I got back to to our headquarters at the hotel, and the other producer's like, that's not amazing, that's stupid. And uh, so basically... I had to go back out to the woods and go do all this all over again and go buy, go buy $200 more worth of food and go back in the woods this time at night, you know, because now it's dark because I wasted daylight hours making my big, uh, you know, apparently just a wasted art installation out in the middle of nowhere. <clears throat> and uh, so I went back and set up all my, you know, bread over here, peanut butter over here, did the whole thing took photos, spread all my tracking powder all over the place. And, uh, you know, by the time I was done with that, it was like two in the morning. And so I left cruising down the hill and, uh, you know, cause I'm out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it's like coal country, kind of basically like logging roads, but not so much logging cause there's not tons of logging there, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just, mountain roads and I finally got down to pavement like oh sweet <laughs> I can finally you know drive faster than 25 miles an hour and uh it was dark it was super foggy and I pulled off this dirt road on the pavement and I was setting the cruise control on the steering wheel of the rental car I had and you know pushing the button like watching the little speedometer go up from you know 40, 42, 44. I'm like, woohoo! <laughs> Yay, I finally get to go back to the hotel. And I looked up, and right then there was something on the center line in the fog, just there, just big there. And I, I mean, it was eight feet in front of me, if that, six feet in front of me. And I, I, I mean, I macked it. I did, there was nothing else. There's, I didn't have any time. And it hit the front of the car. It bashed in my uh, rear view mirror on the driver's side. And then something smacked the top of the car I was driving. And it was like a, a Dodge minivan. I forget what they're called, but some sort of minivan thing. <clears throat> and uh, I freaked out because it was a big, I mean, it was a big something. I thought it was a person. Uh, I totally thought it was a person standing in the middle of the road at 2.30 in the morning, out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I wasn't even thinking Bigfoot. I, it was, so I immediately, I mean, I immediately slammed on my brakes, looked in my, you know, because my brake lights illuminate kind of the fog behind me. Um, and I didn't see anything behind me, immediately turned around. There was nothing in the road. Immediately turned around again and got out and I started like yelling. I was up on the guardrail on the side of the road yelling like 
sorry, mister. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, because I still thought, you know, I probably just hit some, you know, some drunken moonshiner out middle of nowhere in Virginia. And that was, I was really freaked out. I mean, I was crying. I was like, please come out, dude. I'll help you. I'll, I'll totally help you. And, and uh, I didn't know what to do. I'm like, God, you know, I I hurt somebody, if not killed somebody. And, you know, and after kind of the, you know, several minutes of that kind of shock, then it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. You know, where, wait, where am I? And then it's like, no, 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 no. You know, what are the chances that a Bigfooter working on a Bigfoot show who's out setting up Bigfoot bait stations in a Bigfooty area where there's been a bunch of sightings is going to hit a Bigfoot with his Bigfoot car on his way back to Bigfoot headquarters. And, <laughs> you know, it's just I would, one of those I wouldn't want to do the percentages for that, but <laughs> right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm right. thinking it's on the high side. But. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's kind of that uh, the part of me that doesn't want to admit, like, you know, no, 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 that's not what happened. You know, it's, it's more likely that I hit, yeah, it's 2.30 in the morning in western coal country of Virginia. Yeah, of course, it's, you know, some drunken hillbilly out in the... And if you're listening from from Virginia, I don't mean anything bad by drunken hillbilly. It's a term of endearment. Um, and, but, you know, then it just kind of dawns on me, like, you know, something happened. I hit something, and if it was a person at least, I mean, they wouldn't have ran away. I mean, they'd either be laying in the road like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> or they'd be, you know, not very far away, hobbling on their busted up leg, like, Ugh. right. <laughs> instead of, you know, nothing. And uh, so I finally kind of got my wits about me, and the first thing I did was call up Cliff uh, and told him, you know, and he answered the funny, he was like, they're just 3.15 in the morning, uh, you're calling me for one reason, and that's why I'm answering the phone because something's going on. I'm like, yeah, and I told him, he's like, okay, here's here's what you do, um, you know, start your audio recorder, and just tell, you know, while it's still fresh in your brain, while everything is, you know, it just happened, you know, recount, you know, go back over it and record all of it, you know, so that that you know you don't get things screwed up later. Like I don't know what time it was, I don't know where I was. You know, so so I made that recording and then, you know, looked around some more and it's finally like, yeah, you know, there's nothing here. By this time, it's super late, I mean, or early, depending on how you look at it. And, uh, you know, drove the two hours back to the hotel to to sit in the lobby until my producer, who I know wakes up super early every morning to go jogging, would come, come down through the lobby. I'm like, uh, okay, um, here's what happened. And no, I wasn't drunk. No, I didn't go off the road. No, I didn't hit a tree. No, I didn't hit a stump. No, I didn't hit. And he's just like, uh, okay, you know, wait, what are you telling me? And, but even then I never said, dude, I hit a Bigfoot. You know, it's, it was never, I never, I mean, there's definitely that possibility, but I never said, you know, (laughs) like they say oftentimes on the show, oh, that was definitely a squatch. Uh, right. <laughs> you know, it was, and, uh, so, um, he came out, looked at the car, like, well, thank goodness we're fully insured. And, 
then I routed Cliff, and then we got the rest of the cast to come down and got some cameras ready, and we were going to swab it for DNA. And, uh, you know, because there were smears. There's smears on the front, definite smears on the mirror. And uh, and one of the cast members, and I'm not going to say her name, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> she... Uh, they, the cast member um, came over and rubbed their hand over the spots, like, oh, right here? Right right here is where it hit? It's like, you just put your hand on the... We were just... Really? Scientist? We were just going to swab? Don't you know what's going on here? Biologist, you know? And so that kind of... kind of ruined everything. Um you know, the DNA could have came back, you know, uh, uh, I actually, I shouldn't say anything. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, then moneymaker put out a tweet, like finding Bigfoot scout and Bigfoot investigator, Tyler Brown's hit Sasquatch with car in Virginia. And, and, uh, of course the Twitter verse blew up and the internet was inundated with, all this yeah. and then I started getting texts and phone calls and emails and then <clears throat> my producer because this was still you know the early stages of the show when we were really trying to be kind of secretive about where we were and where we were filming so we didn't get a bunch of people out there screwing with us I mean you know in the early days we couldn't even put like on Facebook like ooh having a great time in uh, you know Kansas or Connecticut or wherever you know, because we didn't want, um, I guess we could say Connecticut, but not, you know, exactly where we were, because then people can yeah. track us down and come out in the woods and mess with us. So he kind of lost his mind when he's like, Moneymaker did what? He tweeted what? And then, you know, that was kind of a, it was kind of a big deal. And, um, of course, I was at the middle of that whole storm. And uh, when I was like, you know what? I never said it was a big foot. I never said Bigfoot. I said, you know, a, a nice uh, down-home uh, Virginia gentleman and uh, or, you know, drunken hillbilly, whatever. And, uh, you know, but it kind of took off from there. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm still not going to say today that I hit a Bigfoot, but I hit something that was big and upright and standing in the middle of the road in a remote and corner had, of the state. Yeah, yeah, feet. and um, it was, yeah. yeah, it was, I mean, big. it was big, it and, feet. yeah, and um, I went back the next day, because I was, uh, I was, I was pretty sick to my stomach about everything that had happened, I mean, I was still at that time thinking I'd hit a person, and, uh, and then finally, my, we had a lunch break, and, and then one of the PAs who went and got our meal came back and said, um, I called the two nearest hospitals and nobody was admitted last night. Nobody came in last night with a broken leg or broken anything. And, you know, so that really put me at ease. Like, okay, well, at least it wasn't, you know, somebody who could make it to a hospital. And hey, right. some, some jerk in a minivan ran me down last night. And I, <laughs> you know, I had to run off into the bushes. Um, and then my producer and I went back down there in the daytime I marked the exact, I mean, I knew exactly where it was, and I marked the exact spot. 
and it was kind of interesting because there is a stream that goes right through there, which is why it was so foggy. And it's right in the bottom of this two really steep hillsides on each, either side of the road, fields on each side, you know, like uh, pastures. And when we got down there, there was probably a dozen deer, you know, spread out on each side of the road through these pastures with this, you know, nice, big, wide, not really a river, but, you know, a good-sized stream going through there. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, I could see why a Bigfoot would like this place, um, you know, because there's ample food, there's cover, there's, you know, all you have to do is, you know, run across this field and up that hillside and you're gone. And, uh, but, you know, I belly crawled through a bunch of briars and going down little rabbit tunnels and just looking for, looking for, you know, in case something ran off the road and holed up in there. And, I mean, I got all scratched up. I got all dirty. I was you know, spent my entire, you know, meal time, my, my lunch hour, you know, going down there and like, there's nothing. I'm, I'm confident that there's nothing in these bushes, uh, whatever was in here. I mean, I was looking for hair, you know, so to this day, I have no idea what it was. Uh, it could have been a Bigfoot, I guess, but, um, I'm not going to go on the record as saying that, but I definitely had something, and it was definitely big enough to really screw up the car I was driving. And uh, yeah. Well, and Tyler, there's a lot of uh, questions in, in the chat room and whatnot. I mean, sent a lot of questions, but, uh, you know, what, are, what? I guess I have to ask you first, you know, what are your thoughts on Bigfoot in general? Does Bigfoot exist, in your opinion, and do you have any op- <clears throat> opinion as to what it is? Um. In general, uh, yes, I do. I I do believe that there's something out there. Uh, you know, I've I've seen strange things. I've seen, you know, back in wasn't too long ago that I would say, yeah, I definitely, I definitely saw something, and it was a bigfoot. I heard something, and it was a bigfoot. I found these imprints. You know, they're way too far apart to be anything, you know, way up on a mountain in in the snow. And these footprints are, you know, they're a foot and a half deep and six feet apart in the snow. It's definitely a Bigfoot. And, but after being, I mean, I've talked to a lot of people around the country. I've talked to hundreds and hundreds of witnesses and, and a lot of time. I've learned that a lot of people, for one, uh, don't really know what they're talking about <laughs> when, when they're describing something out in the woods, you know. And and I've really pulled myself back from it was definitely a Bigfoot or it was definitely right. anything because, you know, most of the stuff happens at night. It's in the dark. You hear something. You don't know what it is. You're straining the night vision that you're using is on the fritz, uh, you know, is flashing and blinking. And yeah, I saw something, but you know, could it be technical difficulties? Could it be my eyes being fried from, you know, looking through night vision for hours at a time? Um, so yeah. Um, uh, so I've really kind of pulled myself back from, you know, saying definitely this, definitely that. Uh, you know, that being said, I, I have, you know, recorded audio. I've found footprints. I've seen 
things out in the woods that weren't people, they weren't bears, they weren't, you know, it was upright, it was big, it looked at me, I looked at it, turned around, walked away, never saw it again. Um, I've been, you know, I've talked to people all over the country, and, you know, a lot of times, a lot of the times, it's a misidentification, misinterpretation, but I've talked to Mm -hmm. other witnesses who break down in tears when they're recounting what happened to them. And when they say, I didn't want to see this, I didn't ask to see this, if I could go back in time, I would not want to see this. It gave me nightmares. It's ruined my life. I can't talk to anybody about it because of my job, because of my family, because of my beliefs, whatever. And so, I mean, there's definitely something out there that people have been seeing for millennia. I mean, hundreds and hundreds, generations, you know? Yeah. Um, as to what it is, uh, you know, I've always been on the relic hominid side of things and not the mm-hmm. not the uh, interdimensional portal space being from the 29th dimension, whatever, that's going to read my mind and then uh, vaporize into thin air. Um, so I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely on the flesh and blood uh <clears throat> flesh and blood side of things. But um yeah, I'm you know, I'm thinking relic hominid you know, Gigantopithecus has been tossed out there a lot, but you know, that's just because that's what we have from the fossil record and right. you know, my my uh college my college learnings were um paleontology is what I went to to college for. So I know how scant the fossil record is, and just because we have this fossil doesn't mean uh, this is the only thing that was there, you know. So well Bigfoot has yeah. to be Gigantopithecus, and not, right. you know. There's probably dozens of other things that weren't Gigantopithecus, which could be a Bigfoot, but we haven't discovered them yet. They weren't preserved, so on and so yeah. forth. So that's that's uh, pretty much my stance on it. So well said, because so many, I mean, the fossil record in general, it, it, it's so incomplete. It's actually ridiculous when people come out, and, you know, even scientists say that this is the pattern, this is that, blah, blah, blah. The the fossil record uh, and known animals that existed at one point is 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 minor. I mean, it's so Extremely. incomplete, it's not even funny. Extremely. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, just the chances oh, yeah. for something to become fossilized is so remote. I mean, it has to be preserved, has to be buried immediately so it doesn't get molested by you know, scattered by scavengers so on and so forth. I mean, it has to be like a perfect storm just to get that one skeleton or part of a skeleton. Yeah, even Gigantopithecus uh, look, how many uh, what do we have from Gigantopithecus? You know, jawbones and teeth. Yeah, basically teeth, yeah. And so That were dragged into caves by porcupines. So, uh, what else is out there yet to be found, if found at all? Exactly. No. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, one of the questions in our tra- chat room uh, was from uh, a good friend, Bruce Kelly. He uh, he wanted to know, with all your traveling and experiences in regards to, uh, you know, the Finding Bigfoot show, uh, or just your traveling in general. You know, um, what are your thoughts on Bigfoot? Are you more convinced that it it exists? Um, <clears throat> not necessarily. Because uh, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I was already, I was already fairly convinced before. Um, yeah. 
actually, I was, whoa, I was way more convinced before, actually. Uh, and like I said, I've kind of reined myself back after, I mean, I've, like I said, I've talked to a lot of people, and I wish Cliff and I both discussed this at length. Um, <clears throat> I kind of wish that at the very beginning, we would have kept track of witnesses and uh, you know, probability of what they saw being a victim. And, you know, so we could, I mean, it was a great opportunity to, uh, you know, get like a percentile, to get data of, you know, I've talked to people who, yeah, I, I, I really think they saw something, experienced something. Then other people like, no, dude, that was an owl. That was a figment of their imagination. That was a shadow. That was a person. That was a hunter. I mean, you know, and uh, or just misinterpretations or people, you know, and as the show went on, then it's just you can tell when somebody wants to be on t- on television. Like they, right, they tell a right. story and, you know, at the beginning it was all pretty innocent and, you know, people really wanted to, you know, had something to say. And it got harder to kind of weed those people out as the show went on and which was, you know, part of my job is go talk to this person, tell us what you think, you know, are they, are they for real? You know, and it, you know, it got pretty easy to tell, you know, no, they're full of it or there's a coyote or, or, you know, any, any number of things. Um, or yeah, or they just want their, you know, five minutes of fame and I was on finding big. And, uh, yeah. so, um, if anything, it's actually it's actually reined me in where like I said, I'm more hesitant now to say anything, you know, prior to two thousand eleven oh yeah, dude, I saw Bigfoot. I've seen a couple of them. I I have audio recordings of Bigfoot. And now I don't even like saying that. Like I recorded something. It something I didn't see what was making I didn't see what was making that noise, so I don't know what it was. Um you know. And so, and that's what how you have to keep yourself. I mean, you know, if you didn't see, you didn't see it happen. You didn't see the Bigfoot hitting the tree with that, you know, chunk of wood that they apparently are always carrying around with them, since they can, you know, pick up a, a nice solid chunk of wood in, in the dark in the middle of nowhere and find a nice tree to whack it on without it breaking. And but you know, you never see reports of oh yeah, the Bigfoot was carrying this big lunker chunk of wood. Yeah nice piece of hickory and, uh, you know, sitting on the street, like, you know, how do they even do that? So if anything, it hasn't lessened my belief, but it's definitely lessened my, my, uh, I guess, trust in other people's, uh, knowledge, perceptions Mm -hmm. and, uh, interpretations. Well, thank you, Tyler. Just we're running up against the clock. We definitely shouldn't do. I know. I do this every time. I I never think I can fill up an hour, and then I blah blah blah, (laughs) and it's like, oh, we're out of time. Like, man, I guess I did have something to talk about. I guess you did. Yeah, and we didn't even get to what you're doing now, which is I know Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Well, hey, there's always next weekend, guys. We yeah, we can (laughs) do a sequel. Please. Please so, do, uh, Tyler. You rock, man, and you're you're one of the honest guys out there and the guys that I, um, when you have something to say, I listen to. And, uh, yeah, we need to have you back on, like, ASAP. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, you know, I can I can do that. 
and uh, I mean, you guys are my you guys are my friends. We've been out in the woods, uh, done stuff in the woods. We've done you know things around the campfire that we won't speak of, and uh, <laughs> you know, it's always a good time. Clarify and... that a little bit. <laughs> well, well, I mean, you know, good, good, uh, you know, wholesome thing. Well, no, not wholesome. Um, well, I'll, I'll have to think of a word. But uh, okay. you know, everything was legal for the most part. All right. Well, we will uh, we'll definitely take you up on having you back on here shortly. And uh, as as always, a pleasure, my friend. And you can. You well. can actually, if uh, folks, if you want to check out what Tyler's doing now, he's doing a show on YouTube called Pacific, Pacific North Weird, and there's a YouTube channel, and the link is in, on our Facebook page. So check that yep. out. I've, I've watched some episodes of that, and, and it's entertaining, and uh, they they have a great sense of humor besides. They're checking out all the weird stuff in uh, the Pacific Northwest, so... Uh, check that yep. out. We ran into Tyler and his crew up in uh, at the Sasquatch Summit recently. So thanks yep. everybody. And again uh, for I think we interviewed both you guys, us. and uh, we yeah we have a Bigfoot episode coming up pretty soon. So oh very good. Maybe uh, yeah, I'll let you guys know when that comes out, and maybe uh, you know maybe I can come on then, come back on, and we can talk about all that nonsense. Sounds good. Well, thanks yeah. again, everybody. Right. This is uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of Monster X Radio. And until then, um, have a great week and check out our Facebook group. Um, Julie and Loriana are posting like crazy in there, so check out all the articles <laughs> and stuff that that uh, we're posting. Thanks again. We're out. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, I'll definitely. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.